Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. So good. So good to be with you. How many dads do we have in the room? Yeah. Awesome. All right, y'all ready for the word? I uh, I just want to say I'm uh, I'm I'm so thankful to, for the fathers um, in my life. Uh, you know, fathers they they have a way of um, speaking into you or really calling out of you what you didn't know was there, and they see what's unseen. And so I'm I'm thankful for. My dad over here, sitting in the corner. And, um, thank you, Dad, for investing in me, for teaching me. Appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, if you get a chance to, if uh, if you still have your father with you today, bless them. Tell them thank you. And because uh, if you're a dad, you know. You give a lot, and a lot of times what you give is unseen, but we do it because we love, right? So, hey, today I want to talk to you. Um, we're we're going to be talking about fathers. We're going to be talking about sonship, being a son, being a daughter. But um, the, if I were naming the message today, it's how to heal a nation. Um, I believe that we live in a nation that needs healing, and I believe that the Lord has an answer, has always had an answer. Amen. How many of you are thankful that God has a plan? <laughs> Even if we don't see it, he does, I promise you. Even if, um, you know, I, I've described, which this is, a, this is an awesome season for, um, I know for me and Austin personally, we've just been enjoying all that the Lord's doing. Um, really over the last couple of months, I feel like the Lord has um, been expanding, I guess you could say is a good word, expanding like just what we see and what he wants to do in this region. And uh, with that, I feel like I've been trying to my very best to give the Lord a big yes in everything that he says. But there's times, I guess the best way I can describe it is it's like walking hand in hand with Jesus in a dark room because you're like, Lord, I know we're going somewhere, but I can't see exactly where we're going or what it looks like, but I'm with you. And, uh, and I believe as a body, he wants to take us on that journey where we just trust him. And uh, knowing that we can be confident of this, that we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? So the Lord wants to heal our nation. And I, I would like, I would say that um, I believe that every Every dysfunctional thing that we see happening around us, um, not, maybe not every, but most of the, that dysfunction is, I, I think, the result of fatherlessness. And I believe that it has been the agenda of the enemy to disengage the father. And uh, I, whether, and today I, I want to say this, and I'm going to explain this, is that I really want to talk to you um, about the father and being, being a father and being a son, and I want, this isn't just for the men in the house, but this is a spiritual reality, okay? Whenever the Bible talks about sonship, ladies, you have 
um, you have inheritance in that. You are included in that. It's not just for the guys. You get to. You're included in sonship. It's a spiritual principle. Okay. It it, it is. It transcends gender. It is about your heart posture and your identity and who the Lord's called you. But you, we are called. I'll say like this as sons and daughters. To we are His, and so. Um, let, let me start off with Psalms chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And this is uh, David, and he's writing about the, the earth, okay? And I think that this, we could probably say in a lot of ways, this looks like the earth today. It says, How dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how power, the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king, saying, let's come together and break away from the creator. How many of you know that as the world today, more and more we see that people are not wanting to acknowledge God as God, right? But it says, um, then it goes on to say, once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. And then it says, I will reveal the eternal purpose of God. And this is actually a prophetic statement right here. This is what um, this is would be what Jesus would be saying in this moment regarding the father. He said, I will reveal the eternal purpose of God for he has decreed over me. You are my favored son. And as your father, I have crowned you as my eternal king. Today, I became your father. Ask me to give you the nations, and I will do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth, and you will shepherd them with unlimited authority, crushing their rebellion as an iron rod smashes jars of clay. That, that, that iron rod actually means, um, it's a, it was a picture meaning spiritual truth. You will uh, crush rebellion as like, uh, with, with spiritual truth. And, um, and so what was, God's, what was God's solution to the rebellion of earth? It was a son. Sonship was his solution. A son who reveals the father. Right? That's, that was his solution in Psalms. Um, and, and today I want to propose to you is that, um, is that you are called, your identity is sons and daughters of God. And your function in the earth is meant to be as fathers and mothers to the world around you. I know a lot of times at Father's Day, we start talk, we can talk about the father heart of God. He's a perfect father. And maybe for you, fathers, fatherhood in general could be a sore subject. Maybe for you, maybe it's the lack of a father. Maybe it is the presence of a not so good father. Maybe for you, you are a father, a dad, and you feel like I have failed in many ways. And, and I think um, today, um, what I want to say to you is this, is that again, your calling is as a son or daughter. Okay. Your function, I want to speak to the fathers in the room who feel like you have failed or that you have messed up. The truth is, is that fatherhood for you is a function. It does not, um, it does not speak to who you are. Um, those who learn to walk as true sons of God will naturally walk as fathers in the earth. You won't have to work hard at it. You, won't have, you don't have to try and be a father. You learn to be a son, and you're naturally going to become a father. In the same way as you learn to become a daughter, 
and you'll naturally become a mother to people around you. Okay, and I'm talking, um, there, there are a lot of these where some like spiritual truths and natural truths will crisscross, but I'm talking about spiritual truths here, okay? Y'all good this morning? So you are called to walk as sons and daughters. When you walk in this, the natural output of your life is to father and mother those around you. So you are not, today, if you have beat yourself up because you have not functioned well as a father, don't, don't lose your identity. Just come into sonship today. Come into the identity of you are, you are the Lord's beloved. You are the perfect father's um, beloved child today. Okay, and, and as you live in that reality, you'll be released to actually be a great mother and father to those around you. Amen? All right. So uh, today I, I want to kind of lead somewhere. I want to talk about our calling as sons and, and as sons and daughters of God. Okay? Um, I believe we have in many ways, even in this house, we've learned well how to receive from the Lord. But I want to say there's two parts and in sonship, there's two parts. There's receiving and then there's giving. Okay? And I believe that we have gotten, we've learned to receive and the Lord wants to teach us how to give out of what we've received. Okay? The greatest mark of a father is they have something to give. It's the greatest mark of a father is they actually have something to, to give. I, I have um, met many um, Men who walk into a room and they feel like they have nothing to give. They feel like they don't add any value. And that's, it should never be true. If you're walking like a son, you always have something to give. If you walk as a true son, you'll always operate as a father. All right. <clears throat> so fatherlessness, I believe, has tried to mark, has marked this generation. I believe the Lord wants to heal that. And I believe if we want, I believe it is the, the spirit of, of fatherhood that is going to heal the nation. And so if we want to see that happen, we actually have to first come into sonship. Okay, so there's, there's a natural progression and process. Um, Romans 8 verse 14 says, For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Or children of God. So if you are allowing the Holy Spirit to um, lead you, if you are letting him be the primary voice in your life, what he is producing in you is that you are a child of God. It's actually his work that is helping you walk out being a son or daughter of God. Then it goes on to say, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. So the spirit of himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. All right, so the Spirit of God is, he's coming to your spirit, man. He's saying, you are a child of God. You have been brought into the fold. You, have been, you are part of God's beloved. He loves you. He wants you. You have part in him, right? So it is his Holy Spirit. As you, as you allow yourself to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he is, he is confirming in you that you are a child of God. All right, so if you're wondering, what is the Spirit of God speaking to me? What he wants to speak to you is that you're a child of God, and from this place, everything else in your life will flow. 
All right? So this uh, so it goes on to say, and if we are his children, then we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance, if indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in glory. And I love that ending part because what it's saying is this, is that when we talk about uh, sharing in his suffering, it's this, is that I walk through some things that are suffering in life and it, and it is um, actually producing endurance and faith so I actually have something to stand on. It is actually a part of me communing with Jesus that I'll walk through life in an imperfect world and I'm still walking as a son. That I don't let circumstances rob me of identity. Right? And so Jesus came, the Bible says that Jesus came and he revealed the father. Right? So you see a son that looks like a father. So Israel at the time, they, had, they hadn't heard anything from God, anything from prophets for 400 years. The last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, uh, it, said, it ended with saying that, um, that he was going to send the prophet Elijah again, and he was going to turn the hearts of fathers to children, the hearts of children to fathers, lest I come and um, mark the earth with a curse, bringing it to total destruction. So he's saying this, is that there is going to be a time where the Lord is going to restore fatherhood. He's going to restore fatherhood in a way where children's hearts turn to fathers because fathers' hearts had turned to their children, right? And then Jesus comes on the scene, and he came to do this. He came to reveal the Father. Israel had known, known of the works of God, but they had never encountered God. They had never by experience, they, by experience, they did not know God. They had religious duty, they, had, they were doing their thing. They were, they were doing their very best, but they had religion. And Jesus comes, and who did he have beef with? The religious leaders, right? With a people who had a form, but they denied the power that could really transform them. Because the truth is God always wanted us to be a people that were transformed into his very image. We were created in his image. Jesus came to restore that, is that we would again walk in the image of God. So Christianity isn't just a set of belief. It's actually a transforming work that happens where God isn't necessarily teaching you how to be a Christian, but he's teaching you how to be himself. God isn't even teaching you how to be a son. He's teaching you how to be a father. It is sonship that says, I'm learning how to become like him. Right? All right. Romans 8 goes on. After it talks about us being heirs, this is, this is awesome. This is, for me, like top five verses in the Bible. For me. It says, starting in verse 19, the entire universe. Say the entire universe. That means all of it. All right? is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. It means all creation. One translation says all creation is waiting and groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. So, what does that mean? It means that all of the earth, everything created, how many of you know the earth um, when, when the fall happened, when sin, Adam and Eve sinned, is the earth became subject 
to sin, right? Sin and decay to death. But since that very moment, the earth has said, all right, we're looking, we're waiting for restoration. Every creature, every being is waiting for, for those um, who are the redeemed of the Lord to step into their inheritance and to bring the very life of God into the earth. Okay? Leading, and it all leads onto this, is that Jesus is returning. He's coming. He's coming back, and he's going to restore all things. But with that is that right now in this moment, very moment, we are the children of God that are bringing redemption to the earth, that are actually releasing heaven on earth, right? And so we, our identity actually has to be intact for us to release what God wants us to release in the earth. And it says, it goes on to say, for against its will, the universe itself had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Let me tell you this. It means this, that as a child of God, you're significant. It's not just about you. It's about that you were meant to actually influence everything around you. I believe when Jesus was on the boat and he was sleeping and there was a storm and the disciples were all freaking out. They're like, this is it. We're going to die. And Jesus is sleeping. And Jesus gets up. They say they wake up Jesus and they said, Lord, we're about to die. And he said, hey, you he said, you who have little faith and it actually can be translated you who are unaware What were they unaware of? They were unaware of who God had actually called them to be. And so a son stands up and he stands on the edge of the boat and carrying his his right identity and his right inheritance, knowing who he is, he speaks to a storm. And if he was speaking to the storm, it means the storm could think. It means that all creation was waiting. It's waiting for something. This storm was waiting for a son to come and tell it what to do. Right? Um, my, my point is not for you to go, and you, you don't have to go and talk to every storm. That's not my point. The point is, is that when you know who you are, you begin to bless the earth. You actually begin to bless the things around you, and you begin to actually bring into order the things that were out of order. So you're not insignificant and you're not just getting by in life. You're actually called, Paul writing in Romans, he said, what are we? We're not only his children, but as children, we're heirs. And if you're heirs of God, you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, meaning this is you have an inheritance and you have an identity. You have a place in the father's kingdom and in his domain and what is his, he gives to you. So you're not empty-handed and you're not unequipped. So if anything, we're just unaware. All right. Um, let me give you a really good example of what this looks like. John 15, verse 1 through 4, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So again, there's this amazing picture where Jesus is saying, hey, the Father's tending to this. He said, in me, you're a branch that's connected and, as, and, and you're going to bear fruit as you remain connected to me. So it's this picture of he is giving to you. He is giving to you. The Father is giving you everything you need and you have to receive from him. That's step one, right? You learn to receive from him. But as you receive from him, you're going to produce fruit. I, I, I have, I, I almost, um, I just kind of thought about it late and didn't have time, but I almost took like a sports coat I had and like pinned oranges to it so I could give an example of like fruit. So if you get a visual, just imagine I'm wearing a jacket with lots of fruit on it. So I have, imagine I have all this fruit hanging on me. I've been connected to, to the Father. I've been connected to Jesus. He's been He's been speaking to me. He's been pouring out his life. I've been in his presence. I'm remaining with him. There's life there. I've been in the secret place hearing him, pulling revelation from him. And there's fruit. There's, there's, and I have two things I can do. I can be a nice, pretty tree for everybody to look at and just say, look at all the fruit. But that fruit is useless unless I give it away. It will eventually decay and fall to the ground. I used to think when I read this scripture that the goal was for me to be just to have this fruit in my life that were like wear it like awards and accolades. And, um, and the truth is, is that that's no response of a son. That's not the response of a son. You ever, um, if you can imagine... Um, talking about like an orphan if there's you know I, I love the you know Pastor Nick talks about when they the story about when they um, adopted Dax where they brought him in and they would lay out food and for him it was like he had to get 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 because he wasn't sure that he didn't have confidence that there would be a next meal right and so he had to it was trying to keep everything but as as a son you realize as a son of God, as a daughter of God, you realize that there's always plenty at the table. You, all, you realize, hey, that I can actually take and I can give. It's kind of the picture of the boy who brought the fish and loaves. He trusted that if I put this in the hands of the Father, it's going to be multiplied. I can be confident in my giving. And so... You aren't meant to just be, listen, you aren't just meant to be a tree with lots of, for you. There, there is more um, joy. You, you actually learn sonship, and you, you're actually being a son, learning to be a father as you give away the fruit that he has produced in your life. The giving is training ground for you to be like him. You're actually taking part in the father's nature. Right? We are called to be like rivers, not lakes. You should, it's meant to be in you and through you. It's not just meant to be a big lake. You know, there's, in Israel, there's the Dead Sea. You know why it's dead? It's because there's no water flowing out of it. So there's nothing, no living thing 
can be is habitable in the Dead Sea because there is not life there. There's nothing flowing out. And I believe a lot of times, if we are people who only learn the step of receiving but we never give, is we actually are not fulfilling our calling as sons and daughters. So be a river, not a lake. All right? You know, in uh, John 15, he said, no branch can bear fruit of itself. One of the marks, I believe, of even our gen- this generation, our nation is so much self. It is what you can produce, what you can do. It, it is, um, you'll, you'll find this, people who don't have their identity intact, they love to talk about themselves a lot. Because they're so unsure of themselves that they're trying to convince everybody else. And I'm not beating you up if that's you. I'm just saying the Lord wants you secure and at rest in who you are. You you will not find identity and security outside of the Father in true connection with Him. And, And I'm about to give you in just a minute, I'm about to give you a few things of how we actually become sons. How to make sure we're walking it out. Um... So the Lord wants to deliver us from self. He wants to deliver us from the self-life, from making it all about us. There's no life there. Um, That's why Jesus said, if you'll you'll lose your life for my sake, then you'll find it. But if you try and find your life, you'll lose it. It's the upside-down kingdom. You're like, well, how does that make sense? Trust him, okay? It makes sense. It makes perfect sense in the kingdom. Is find yourself in him. Find him. Lose yourself, find him, and you'll actually find yourself. Colossians says, um, as we see him, we find out who we are and what we're living for. So it's not you, fig- it's you actually looking at him that you find yourself and what you're supposed to do. Um, so the father does these two things. He gives and then he teaches what to do with what he gave. So he's constantly um, giving to you and then inviting you into a life, in, inviting you into a, a way of doing things. He's inviting you into a kingdom. He's, he's actually wanting to teach you how to live. That's what fathers do. They teach. And that's what he does with you, is if he's doing it, it's because he's inviting you into doing the same thing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. He said, I've learned it. I've learned how to be a son. I just do what he's doing. He's teaching me. He's teaching me how to live. We get in trouble when we start feeling like we have to make our own way and we've got to do our things the own way. I, look, I'm, I'm raising four kids. They're amazing. My two oldest boys are at the kind of preteen stage, and it's awesome. Um, so great. No, it really is. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself here. Um, but we're at this, this place where they're having, uh, it's, we're trying to, to teach them how to learn, right? They're, they're having to learn the value of coming alongside mom and dad and learning life. And it's not easy for them. They're having to realize it's not all about them, right? And, uh, and so for us, though, we never stop coming to the Lord like children to be taught by him. If you lack something, you can come to him and ask, and he'll not only give you, but he'll teach you. 
He's, he's good like that. He gave us Jesus to actually display how we should live. He's a good teacher. The Holy, the Jesus said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, who is your teacher. He is interested in developing you. He is interested in seeing your life completely transformed into the image of his son. So if you've been in a place where you just feel, well, I'm just stuck and nothing's changing, I'd encourage you, get connected to him in a way that where he, to get connected in a way where it is calling you to change where it's calling you to transform, where it's calling you to actually think differently, okay? So the goal of sonship is that one day we would operate in the spirit of the Father. He doesn't give to us just so we can look like him. He gives us something so we can taste like him. The mark of a father is that they have something to give. So um, so Jesus, uh, Jesus did this um, in John chapter 4. How many of you know the story of the woman at the well? All right, he meets the woman at the well. He asks the woman, can give me a drink? She says, well, how are you asking me to give you a drink? You have nothing to draw anything from, or, yeah, yeah, draw anything from. And he says, well, if you would have asked me for a drink, I would have given you living water. And she's like, well, what does that mean? He said, he's basically saying, there's a spiritual truth here, is that if you would have asked me, I would have given you a spiritual water, and it would have been the, like the, the Holy Spirit coming within you and bubbling up outside of you, if you had asked me for a drink. And then he begins this conversation with her, where they confront the sin in her life. Then they have a religious debate, and then he gives her living water. And she goes and runs to the town, and she's like, come and meet the man who told me everything about my life. He's the Messiah. He's the one to come. She preached the gospel to her city. And as everybody was on their way coming out, the disciples arrive, and they had been sent to go get food. And Jesus, and so they're like, Jesus, we got food. Are you hungry? And he says, no, I've, um, I've already eaten. I have food that you know not of. He actually said it like this. I have kingdom nutrients that you know not of. It's the best way it's translated. And the disciples are like, oh my gosh, where'd you get the food? And let, let, me, let me read this to you. Um, but let me read it because it sounds better in the actual Bible. Um, then the disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some of the food they brought back with them, saying, teacher, you must eat something. But Jesus told them, I have eaten a meal you don't know about. Puzzled by this, the disciples began to discuss it among themselves. Did someone already bring him food? To clarify, Jesus spoke up and said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. There is something about when you have received and then you give it that it is actually food for your soul. Jesus understood that it was the actual being a son of I have received and I give living water. And because I have given something, because I walked into a room and I had something to give and I actually gave it, I was fed. Some of you... You feel dead on the inside, and it's because you haven't fed anyone lately. Then the Lord's saying, learn to receive, but I want you to learn how to give. And not just give of yourself and your opinions, but to give of what the Lord has said. It's a good word. All right. How we walk as sons. Number one, we repent. And let me, let, me, let me unpack that, okay? 
Repentance, um, for a lot of people, that's like the dirty R word in the church. It's not. It's not a dirty word. It is Repentance is a beautiful lifestyle that we live as sons and daughters. Repentance is, giving, is whenever you are changing your mind. It is turning from one thing to another. One of the greatest um, dynamics of a father-son relationship is that a son understands that in order for me to learn, in order for me to be transformed, in order for me to become like this person, I have to re- live a lifestyle of repentance. I'm giving them permission to change my mind and to lead me to the right thing. So sons have this that marked them, is that they have a repentant lifestyle where it's not shame, it's not guilt, but it is, hey, I wasn't doing this the right way. It could be sin. It could be, it could be different things, but it is, it is bringing your whole life under the leadership of another. Some of you today, you just need to come to him and say, Lord, I need your leadership. Father, I need your leadership. I, need, I, I give you permission to change my mind. I've been thinking this way about the world, and I've been thinking this way about myself and about people, and I need you to change my thinking. I've thought this about myself, and you don't think that way. I need you to change my mind. I've been in agreement with the wrong thing. I've been declaring the wrong thing. I need you to change the way I think, change the way I speak, change the way I feel. Okay, so that's the first thing. Um, that is literally coming out of the self-life. Um, it, is the, it is the place where we are making life all about the Father. Everything we have comes from Him. So since everything comes from Him, number two is we respond in gratitude. Gratitude is the response of every true son. You realize everything you good, everything you have that is good comes from him, and you learn the discipline of giving him credit when these things come. Thankfulness, an attitude of thankfulness is a, something that you actually steward and that you, um, you actually steward that in your life. You learn to have that attitude. It's not just something that um, automatically comes. It's a learning that when something good happens in my life, I'm giving thanksgiving to the Father. He's placed something in my hands to steward. Um, James chapter 1, verse 16 through 17 says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's a good father, right? He gives every perfect good gift comes from him, and he's not going to change that. So, gratitude. Um, I, think, I think many times... Because we don't have, we're not grateful for what we have that's been given in our hands, is that we actually don't see what the Lord wanted to do. It is only through thanksgiving and gratitude that when you're giving something, you can actually attach the purpose of God to it. All right? I believe there, for some of you, the Lord has given you something, and because it hasn't, there hasn't been a thanksgiving and, oh God, this is from you, it has laid stagnant. And what happens when we begin to bring and say, oh, this is from, what, what did Jesus do with the, with the loaves and fish? He multiplied it, but what did he do before he multiplied it? He, he looked up to heaven, he thanked the Father for it. 
Like, Lord, thank you. I know it's not much, but thank you. And then he broke it. And there were leftovers. He was displaying the king, this kingdom, kingdom principle. He was acting like a son. I've been given something. It's not much. But as I come into thanksgiving and I offer it up to the Lord, I can begin to break it. And it just keeps on flowing. It just keeps on coming. Right? I believe that what you have might not look like much. But as you become thankful and you, you give it to the Lord and you bless it, and then you allow him to, and then you break it before him, it touches the world around you. Right? So none of us can come and say we don't have much. You have something. You might just need to become thankful for that something and then begin to break it before him. All right. Last one. Turn to somebody and say it's the last one. Number three is walk in purpose. All right. You've been given something. You've become grateful for it. Now you need to walk it out. Now you gotta, you got to do something. This is the breaking it before him. Our identity is not found in what we feel or desire. Our identity is wrapped up in our purpose and design. We have a world that's trying to find their identity in what they feel and just whatever they desire. And the, the thing is, is that those things will never satisfy. It's just because they're not truth. The only way that you get identity and become secure in identity is when you find out what he has said about you. It's whenever you begin to say, Lord, what did you make me for? And I'm going after that. You see, with what you have received, there is no striving. It is only, you receive it by faith, right? It is grace. It's his grace. It's his undeserved favor that he gives you. But as he gives you something and he has given you a purpose, you begin to steward and work out the purpose that God has for you. A lot of us don't understand. We, we think, well, every, look, I love to talk about receiving. I love to talk about the grace of God and what we received. But all, the, the love of God, his salvation, all those things are, that is received. You do not strive for that. You don't work for that. But what he has called you to as a son and daughter, you are called to work at that and to steward that. And he always, and the great thing is he, he equips you and graces you to do what you are called to do. Grace is actually an empowerment of God to be and do who you're called to, to be and what you're called to do. So I believe we're in an hour where what happens is as becoming sons, as we are, as we learn to live a life of repentance, to be changed by him, transformed by him, to respond in gratitude with what he gives, is that we begin to move into, a, his, into his purposes for our lives when we actually begin to look like him to the world around us. And that is releasing the spirit of the Father in the earth. And that's how you heal a nation. Amen? Stand with me. I want to I pray for you. And, and I, I want us to do this. Is, um, Abby, if you would come and play. She's coming. She's running. I, I want us to submit ourselves to the Lord, to the Father this morning. And just say, Lord, we want to learn from you. We want to learn from you. Some of you, you've been going after, maybe you haven't included God in your journey. Maybe that sounds really silly, 
think that of course I have included him, but have you? Have you actually let him lead your journey in him? Because he wants to actually teach us. Again, he's not teaching you how to be a Christian. He's teaching you how to be himself. He's not teaching you just how to be a good person. He's teaching you how to carry heaven. He's teaching you how to carry his nature. And the world around us needs fathers and mothers who their identity is sons and daughters. And as they walk and as they, they allow him to transform their, form their lives and we're thankful and we say yes to the call is that we're releasing something in other people to where they can say yes to that journey with him. The world so badly needs to see the fathers on display and mothers on display who give of themselves, who, ha- who walk into a room and have something to give. So Lord, this morning we come and we ask that you would teach us to be sons and daughters, to actually walk it out. We know, Lord, as we're led by your spirit, that you've already told us that that's who we are. We know that's who we are. We just need to learn how to walk that out. So today, Lord, we say yes to the process of walking out life as sons and daughters. Lord, I thank you for your people here today. I pray that, Lord, as they go today, as they enjoy families and as as they enjoy dads, Lord, I pray that your presence would be with them, that you would speak to them, that you would draw them near. I thank you that you are breaking off every wrong mindset. I thank you that those, Lord, even in the room today who have been wounded by fathers, Lord, that you're coming and healing them. I thank you, Lord, that fathers, that, that you, fathers are never supposed to be selfish. They're generous. Those who have felt fatherless, Lord, I pray that you would come and reveal yourself as father. And I pray that you would surround them with people who would father them. Who would speak to their identity and speak to who they are. Lord, those who are hurting because of past relationship with fathers, those people in the room who were never told that they were loved who have struggled to believe that they were worth good things, I pray that you'd come and heal their hearts. Reveal yourself as a good father to them. Reveal yourself as as the one who is generous to them, who is present with them because you want to be, not because you have to be. Lord, I just thank you that you are causing, even right now, identities to become intact. We just release your love in the room, the love of the Father. I even sense that he's just wanting you to know that he is a father that's inviting you on this journey today. He's actually called you. He's a father that says that he's generous to you. He's present with you. He approves of you. He loves to come and just sit with you. Even in the middle of pain and heartache, he loves to come and sit. And he wants to give in abundance to you. And he wants to show you who you are. Walked out in confidence and courage. You have purpose. You have a destiny. And the Father invites you into journey with Him. He invites you to journey with Him today. He invites you to walk with Him and to know Him. So Lord, I bless Your people today. Let them feel Your sweet embrace. Let them hear Your voice. 
Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.